Julia, and welcome to Unnecessary Angst, the podcast about <laughs> YA books. Oh, we've never added that clarification before. I like it. <laughs> Works great. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting better and better at these. It's amazing. Yay, our intros <laughs> will continuously improve and will continuously improve, and then maybe we'll eventually have Yay. people listen to this podcast. <laughs> here's hoping um i'm kind of it's like bittersweet that we're already at this episode like it went by really fast it really did wait it feels like just yesterday we were starting this podcast and now we finally have episodes posted we're recording the last couple chapters of our very first book like look at we're making our own Couple, little business. i think you made the last like four the last chapters. four chapters <laughs> two couples <laughs> you know it's uh, and what a few chapters they are this is like this the last few chapters of this book is literally like the equivalent of me in like fifth grade having this really ambitious creative writing project and then I got so bored halfway through and gave up and it was just like and they resolved their conflicts and ended the end except that's not what happened at all in this book no it's like the opposite they're like okay here's a million more conflicts the end brand new conflicts just write it off we're done oh gosh well let's let's uh let's check in Julia how are you doing are you drinking anything tonight no, I've had a migraine all day, and I do uh. not want to potentially ruin my current status of good health, state of good health, so I'm instead hyped up on sugar, which is probably just as effective as alcohol for me. I'm having my first Coca-Cola in months. I don't think I've had any since quarantine started, and even before quarantine, I did not have a lot of like sugary drinks. Um, I'm not a huge fan, honestly, but it's a fun change. Um, Something different. Yeah, I'm just going to be really hyper. Yeah. (laughs) What are you drinking? I'm I'm drinking like a cinnamon orange tea uh, spiked with bourbon. Because I was cold and I figured this would warm me up. (laughs) Well, in many ways it will. (laughs) You're like an old grandma now. You're like, I'm drinking bourbon in my tea. I was going to say, I'm more like an old grandpa. <laughs> um, I'm the combo of the two. Like, I'm a grandma and a grandpa. You only need one grandparent, and then that's me. Yep. Here to serve all needs. <laughs> How was your uh, week off and not off of school? Uh, it was... Uh, tiring. I did have a little time off this these past couple days, although I was working on a design portfolio, so I don't really count it. But um, it it I'm tired still. I feel like I'm not gonna not be tired until like 2022 when I graduate. So it's fine. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's graduate life, so it's okay. I, it's worth it. I have good classes, and I'm that's learning important. a lot. <laughs> so important I well now we've ofi- I've officially closed on my house so I'm yeah. going I know it's crazy to think that I'm a homeowner um and I know absolutely nothing about homes so this is 
gonna be a disaster. But what I'm really excited for, uh, I'm also very excited to go down to my house next weekend and send you measurements for my room so that you can start interior (gasps) decorating. Because I tried to like pick out a bed frame for myself last night and that was too hard. I can't do it. So I need you to do all my shopping. Oh, I'm so excited. See, I've been like, because I need to move at some point too. So I've been for fun looking at all of these like furniture places and like scouting out like the good, the good places and everything for me. And now I can move it on to you since I can't move right now. True. I am so excited. (laughs) That's, and you know, I have some friends who are also very into like planning what their future houses are going to look like, but they don't, they don't know how to adopt other styles. Um, so they're not allowed to pick out any of my furniture. That's why it's only you. Cause I think that you'll actually be able to like figure out what I want (laughs) and make it a reality. (laughs) Well, that, I, I feel like I know you pretty well, um, but I also have extensive background in The Sims interior designing, where you get to try out tons of different designs. <laughs> so I'm fully qualified for this position. Thank you for hiring me. <laughs> You're welcome. You get paid nothing. Yeah! <laughs> but I will continue to edit the podcast so that you can then no, have time you. to pick out furniture <laughs> Well, considering I was supposed to, I just never did things. As long as it gets done, it's fine. All right. Well, we should probably get into it. Uh, this this episode is going to be the culmination, almost, of The Concealed. We'll be doing one more podcast episode after this, kind of going over our final thoughts of the whole book, doing a quick summation of everything that happened and, like, what we're thinking um, about Evelyn and Jared's journey together and also whether or not we ever want to read the sequel. And I want to get your thoughts, especially on like what you were expecting coming into this book and where we ended up and how you're feeling about it. So that'll be next week's episode. But um, this week, we just need to get through the last couple of chapters and, and figure out where Evelyn and Jared's journey is going to end up at the end of The Concealed. So we'll be discussing chapters 19 through 22. Uh, so why don't we get started with our synopses? And Julia, why don't you kick us off? Yes. Okay. So um, I also want to give a quick uh, heads up for any listeners. There might be some wind in the background. I don't know if the microphone is picking it up, but we are having a fun rainstorm right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so getting on with it. Um chapter 19 which first of all before we get into these i thought that we had like three chapters left so imagine my surprise when we got down to chapter 22 and i was like what (laughs) but anyway it's an unnecessary chapter just like the prologue was unnecessary (laughs) we start and end with unnecessary but it's fine uh, so chapter 19, we have Evelyn trying to go about her normal routine. Um, she's going to classes with Jared and Colin um, and has uh, her stalker again, Gareth, uh, following around as a bodyguard. And she makes note that she hasn't, she doesn't get to see Sally a whole lot besides, I think, like one of the classes that she, they share together. Um, and she is kind of regretful about that, but nothing she can do. And then uh, Jared takes her to the uh, room of requirements. And by that, I mean relic room. 
that's just the vibe I got from this. <laughs> Not to put that out too early. <laughs> um, and the, the room contains different treasures. Basically, it's a museum with all of their fancy stuff and Excalibur is in there. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's a casual place to hide Excalibur. Just casual. I feel like, it's only protected by like three I locks. I that locked up. I would well, want that even locked higher than that, though. I mean, the order, as we learn through these next couple of chapters, um, are dumb. They're questionable. They're just a questionable organization overall. Uh, and they have a book registry with all of their um, order members, past and present. Evelyn is just going through the registry when Jarrah kind of gasps and goes running off and he doesn't tell her why. Um, and Evelyn peeks in on a uh, talk with him and Karen where he is Oh, and she doesn't, <laughs> before that, he does not lock the door, which, like, dumb, but whatever. Jared is clearly a jock. Um, so, um, she goes back to see what, what was in the book that made him gasp and finds the page, and it's the man who murdered Zara. He was an order member. Um, so then she's going to Karen's office where Jared and Karen are having a talk. And um, listens in on Jared and Karen's conversation. And basically, Jared is asking if Karen has been making all of everything up since he was five years old. And she says that he is the only heir of Merlin. And the only reason he is alive is because his magic was strongest of his family's. So she had Zara killed to protect him. Zara recap i don't know being um evelyn's sister and uh his magic during this conversation is starting to spiral it's getting kind of hectic and evelyn realizes that everything that has happened wasn't because of morgana she starts putting all the pieces together it's because of karen um so karen basically says that um his love for evelyn is a curse and if he chooses her chooses love for Evelyn that his protective link to the order will dissolve and Morgana will find him and the magic will die. Evelyn decides that she needs to run away. So she runs naturally to the woods. They're both so <laughs> dumb. Both of them are so dumb. I I just uh, I'm just so angry yeah. with both of them so, in these chapters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, don't have a talk just run away to the woods that's what we do right uh, YA so, yes <laughs> in chapter 20 we begin with Evelyn getting lost in the woods who knew um and first of all I've never been to Oxford I just want to know how easy it is to run away and get lost in the woods but whatever um so she builds herself a shelter which i thought was the most comedic part of this chapter she literally puts together moss and twigs and builds herself an emergency shelter this girl can't even self-defend has no self-defense mechanisms she's just it's like but i know how to build this shelter in the woods with moss she, and twigs she's resourceful and I, I mean she can defend herself just not well but she I, tries like we gotta give her credit for trying yeah uh so she falls asleep because we can't have a chapter that begins without her falling and falling or waking up 
yep. falling asleep or waking up um and wakes up cold and then she hears voices nearby and they're calling out and they can smell her they're clearly looking for her they are they sound menacing uh they're basically saying some nasty stuff um and i love this comment in the summary that you wrote up however given evelyn is a ya heroine she is also a klutz so she trips <laughs> and they catch up to her well she realizes it's the dumb naughty like it's not anyone that's yeah. just chasing her she realizes it's like more of the creepy thing that attacked her in her bedroom so she starts running but yeah she's she trips she trips classic bella, so classic. bella swan would be so proud <sighs> so uh one jumps on her and pulls her down and she manages to attack him thanks to colin and his self-defense moves that he taught her yep. um and starts finding the rest of them and she thinks that she's got it until boom she is soon surrounded by like 30 other people and they knock her unconscious people's a loose term but yeah yes sorry uh beings <laughs> um and so then she wakes up oh we have her waking up twice not the next day but um she wakes up from her unconsciousness and they're carrying her she's over somebody's shoulder and they're um talking about her and hoping they didn't give her a brain injury because they were told to bring her back in one piece and unharmed um and if she is found to be hurt at all morgana will have their heads basically and um same when they didn't manage to get mary Heyman and the order got her first do we know who that is ruth's mom oh that's right that's right thank you mm -hmm. um so they put her down untie her and she tries running off again because natural instinct i guess um but realizes that 30 has grown into over 100 and then there's morgana and don't we also see Morgana's mother? No. Who? I feel like Oh, I understand what you're saying. Um, no, Evelyn sees Morgana and the image of Morgana is she thinks it's Eowyn, which is Merlin's mother. Because oh. when she dreamed about Eowyn, that's what she pictured. But it's they just look really similar because Evelyn doesn't have a huge imagination. <laughs> I'm really glad she didn't go into a creative field that fixes that thanks i think i had a question on that mm -hmm. um so morgana's being pretty cordial towards her um which let's be honest is creepy yep you never want your enemy to be cordial to you no and she wants evelyn's help with a ritual we don't know what that is yet um and she has nimue's amulet and is asking where she got it and asking if she even knows what it does and apparently it makes evelyn oh, wait for it concealed Ooh. Ooh. love that book, book title, title. let's go <laughs> obligatory book title she reiterates she reiterates her bloodline the order of them first and she didn't know about evelyn because of the necklace so she couldn't basically kill Evelyn's family because, or Evelyn herself, because she literally did not know that she existed. Because she was concealed. Amulet. Yeah. Which makes so much sense now, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. um, and until Madison showed up and begged for Morgana's help in getting rid of Evelyn, then she realized why, they're, they're, I mean, that there's still someone out there, I mean. And she uh then brings out the unconscious madison this is like one of the saddest parts to me oh i hate this yeah. part 
So Evelyn runs over to Madison to make sure she's still alive, and Morgana doesn't understand why Evelyn cares. She thought Evelyn would want to kill her. That is a true sociopath, if I have ever seen one, or psychopath, whatever we want to call it. But instead, Morgana, Morgana kills her. Which I was she, like, whoa, she didn't even hesitate there, nope. but okay. She, well, Ma- Madison was going to end up dead either way. It's just who killed her. So Morgana basically yeah. was like, Evelyn, here's your chance. And Evelyn's like, the fuck's wrong with you? Morgana's like, all right, I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> Which is, um, again, sociopath. Really fast death. So Evelyn takes stock of everything around her and how perverted it is and realizes how terrifying Morgana is. Um, she asks if Morgana will kill her, and she says no, because no bad guy is going to kill off the protag in the first book, but that's that's why logic. Um, I would love a book that just, like, it's like, it's a, it's a trilogy, and then they end up killing off the protagonist in the very first book, and the rest of the books are just everyone watching everyone else do stuff. <laughs> Like, and it. that is Game of Thrones with the murder oh, of that's Ned Stark. True, that's true. It's a very good point. Uh, so um, Morgana says she's not going to kill her because there's something special planned, probably to do with this ritual that she mentioned, um, so that she can use Evelyn as a pawn to get at Jared. So Morgana cuts open her own forearm, which was disgusting, but... Uh, but yes, and then asks Evelyn to undress, get naked, please get naked, basically. Please and thank you. Um, and Evelyn doesn't move because she's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> so a Adamnatus comes after her to quote unquote help her undress, um, and he's very creepy about it. And she kicks uh, in with her self defense moves, thanks Colin again, and um, thanks to Colin again, I should say. Um, and hits him with a tree branch, um, which causes the other ones to laugh at this Domnatus. And he comes back at her, and she knocks him out. I don't know if we... Yeah, basically kills him. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she's still holding the branch, and Morgana's like, please put the branch down. <laughs> um, and then she's not, and so Morgana decides to use some compulsive magic on her and makes her come closer and falls asleep. Del- tells her to fall asleep, and she does. And when she comes back to life again, or jolts awake, uh, she realizes Morgana is hovering over her naked body and drawing some sort of thing on it with blood. Casual. And that she cannot move. Morgana proceeds to tear Evelyn's soul into pieces and extract them one by one. She's about to grab the last one when when new magic comes into the clearing in a hate-filled rage. The magic throws Evelyn away and against a tree where she blacks out again. And when she comes to, she sees Colin, Colin fighting Dumnati. Dumnati. And Jared <laughs> control. I have to get this right. Dumnati. <laughs> <laughs> Jared controlling the lightning. Um, and Morgana suddenly appears near and gets the last piece of her soul, plunging Evelyn into darkness. And that was the end of chapter 20. That escalated so quickly. <laughs> Like oh yeah, it, my we god! We literally started out these this on chap one chapter ago. We she was like, oh, I'm going to class, la di da di da, and now she's like, oh. Well, yeah, it's like let's go I back to when her pieces biggest literally. problem when she was trying to have sex with her boyfriend and he exploded as stereo. Like let's go back to that, please. That was easier to read than all of this. 
Uh, okay. All right. Chapter 21. Jared has since stopped attacking now that Morgana has all the pieces of Evelyn's soul and Karen Mayflower shows up and is trying to figure out what's going on along with some other members of the Order. We learn that basically this ritual that Morgana has done is to um, tie Evelyn's soul to herself. Uh, so if she dies, Evelyn will also die. And this she's done this so Jared won't kill her. Morgana can also now control Evelyn like a puppet, but Evelyn is aware of everything that's going on. Like she is somewhat lucid then she just gives her villain monologue so she says that evelyn is just like nimue just as stupid as nimue and that the order created the lie that nimue killed merlin so that they could continuously keep their descendants apart to prevent this prophecy from from becoming true karen charges at morgana trying to kill her but jared deflects her with magic so that she can't kill morgana and she basically just slices open her other arm. So Morgana just has all these arm wounds, I guess, that aren't bothering her. And then Morgana uses magic on Karen and Aiden to keep them unable to attack, but she says specifically that she won't kill Karen because she wants to see, wants her to see the outcome of all of this. Morgana then tells Jared that she will give Evelyn um, her soul back if Jared gives something of himself, which it's never, like, explicitly said, but it's very clear that she means his magic and that separating his magic from himself will basically kill him. Um, and he agrees to do this because he's an idiot and can't see the bigger picture of what's going on. But whatever, it's fine. Um, Evelyn is fighting Morgana's influence and yells at Jared not to do it, and she keeps fighting to stay conscious. Jared runs over to her and kisses her for some reason and then Morgana's influence uh basically crushes her into darkness so she is like not conscious again then all of a sudden a purple light comes back along with the rest of the colors and they bring her back to her full self Morgana has given her back her soul so she can have five minutes with Jared but instead of cherishing those five minutes Jared just puts her straight to sleep again so she's unconscious again which brings the total up to i think what it's like now five times that evelyn's been put unconscious in two chapters we should have taken shots this episode <laughs> like oh, every time my goodness Let's this girl shot. she's being she's got, going through so much like i just i really feel for her um and then chapter 22 is very short it's basically just setting us up for the sequel uh, so Evelyn is in a happy dream and starts to wake up, but then remembers everything that happened. So she starts to hyperventilate back in her room at headquarters. Professor Martin's in the room with her and calls for Enid. Enid basically pricks her with some drugs to calm her down. And then Evelyn is like, actually takes stock of everything around her. And she sees that Professor Martin, Enid, and Colin, who's also there, have all been crying and they're really upset uh, we learn that Jared is not actually yet dead because Morgana is waiting for this ritual to happen um, and it's going to happen in two to three days and she's trying to do everything right so she's making sure that she has all this time to prepare so she doesn't make mistakes like the last two times um, and he has made basically like this oath, magical oath with Morgana to go through this ritual with her. 
Professor Martin says it's hopeless to try to rescue him because of this oath, but Colin refuses to get up and is like willing to fight to the ends of the earth to get his best friend back. And then Evelyn mentions Ruth's name and says that she may be able to help. And that is the end of the book. <laughs> like, it doesn't even feel like a complete cliffhanger. It literally feels like they needed to put more context in the chapter. But it was just a lot in four chapters. And the last two being like, chapter 22 was basically like an epilogue, but not an epilogue at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It did feel kind of epilogue but obviously it wasn't really ending anything. It was just kind exactly. of connecting us to where they're gonna pick up in the next book um but we'll we'll get into it uh let's let's go through our commentary great (laughs) Uh, pull up my notes oh i my first big thing was the whole excalibur thing i was just laughing so hard because it feels like it should be like, I said this, but, like, why isn't it locked into, like, three separate things? Like, this is this, like, legendary sword, right? I guess that's kind of useless to everyone but the real Arthur, just for its status, right? But I I don't know. Like, I mean, does that maybe come into it's play? useful to call in. Does it come into play in the next book or something? It might. There may be, I think there's a little bit more Colin in the next book, because we don't start with Jared, obviously, because he's still with Morgana. Um, So I think that there's an element of, like, Colin coming into his Arthurian birthright and, like, actually wielding Excalibur in battle. But I may be making that up, because, again, it's been a very long time since I've read The Revealed, and I don't remember it as much as I remember this book. (laughs) Hmm. Um... I also, when they, when she's going through the, like, list of people who are in the order, and she's like, oh, there are some notable, like, modern people, including a British best-selling author, a musician, two actors, a top athlete, a few company execs, and I was like, who do we think from this list <laughs> she's talking about? My vote for the best-selling British author is uh, Philip Pullman. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I also would like to think uh, that the musician is like Paul McCartney and <laughs> the Richard Branson is probably in here somewhere too as one of the company executives. Like that wouldn't surprise me. Okay. I feel like Paul McCartney would be a terrible order member, but... Do you know any British museums that would be a good order member? Musicians? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, <None>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Simon Cowell's in there, not as a musician, but an executive. <laughs> He'd be good at just, like, killing everyone's hopes and dreams, yeah. Since the order seems to do a lot of killing, as we learned in these chapters, yeah. like... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't. I have something on that for later. <laughs> I was actually really disappointed though in Karen. Like, I'm I'm gonna save. I have a reference for this, but like, 
I like was really I have this whole like Karen we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you like <laughs> I really was waiting for her as I said I think it was in the last podcast even like to like turn a new leaf to be like Evelyn you yeah. are my child let me take care of you and then she's like haha I killed everyone <laughs> like I'm literally crazy. everyone god yeah. that's it's just kind of crazy because there are much easier ways to keep them apart. I also just don't... <sighs> okay, so first off, there's no way that she can pretend that she's still a good guy um, after murdering all of these yeah, people. there's like, no way to redeem her. No, and I don't understand how she thinks that this is going to solve problems because if it's prophesized that Jared's going to fall in love with a descendant of Nimue, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. Um, so like maybe don't murder her entire family because that's a surefire way to make her hate you and turn her evil. Like that's not a smart strategy, Karen. She's being such a Karen. I just... (laughs) Karen is living up to the name. Seriously. I just also don't understand, like, why does it make sense to kill off her parents and her sister? Because when when they killed Zara, well, so first off, her parents were already, like, married. They're not going to fall in love with a five-year-old boy and have this mystical connection. Secondly, Zara was probably, like, 35, 36 by the time she was murdered. So, like... Again, what mystical connection is she going to have with Jared that it's worth killing her over? Yeah. That it makes no sense. Logically, it makes absolutely no sense to have her killed other than you're just crazy. Which, I guess she's probably just crazy. Also, like, so she's known about that, I don't know if we can call it curse, like the cursed love thing that she was talking about. She's known about that clearly for a while. And I don't understand, like, when the minute that she realized Evelyn was there and was starting to, like, feel things for Jared, why didn't she tell Evelyn about the curse? Because I feel like Evelyn, like, has many faults, but, like, bringing Dew upon her lover would be something she would know to be like, oh, I should, like, distance myself. Like, she could have, Karen could have used that against Evelyn. If she would have actually explained it and gotten Evelyn to believe her. I feel like that's a lot to buy into at the beginning. Cause, and remember how hard it was for Evelyn yeah. to like reconcile with the fact that she was a descendant of Nimue. But at the same time, like, if, you, mm. if you've killed someone from a small town, or multiple people from a small town in one place in England with the last name Lakewood, You've killed multiple people, and you're looking at the registers for Oxford. Why are you even letting in someone with the last name Lakewood and taking that chance that she's going to be there at the same time as Jared? Because we thought, I now I've been like listening back to our original podcast, you were like, it's really sketchy that she's the only person transferring in in like their second trimester. Of, like, why is she getting in? Did she specifically get placed here to further the plot? And it's, like, now looking back at it, like, Karen should have done everything in her power to not let her get in, and then they never would have had this problem. That doesn't yeah, mean people was, need to be murdered. She was still concealed, no? And I feel like most professors aren't going to have access to, like, student registry. Like, somebody messed with the student registries who wasn't Karen. 
I um, I know, but they erased the internet. So if they can erase the internet, they can probably get the student records. Also, Jared and Felix have had ample access to the student records and Evelyn's class schedule the entire book. So I don't yeah. know how well under lock and key all that information is. You're probably right. It just seems very... Like, there were better ways than murdering a bunch of people to, like, keep them apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Karen. I also... The whole conversation about, like... Morgana or like him choosing Evelyn would dissolve his protective magic like that seems sketchy I don't believe any of that do you yeah I mean I can't can't, um, maybe I mean I I do think it's um, I don't know well because it's just like what is the magic like it's only going to dissolve if he specifically falls in love with Nimue's descendant or if he just falls in love in general. Because, like, to further the line and further the legacy, they need to have babies. So it's not like they can have a protective charm that prevents the heirs from falling in love. Yeah. Maybe just, they're afraid just... that it's going to put the rest of the order at risk or something. If, if Like, maybe it's not real magic as much as, like... Like, if you fall in love with this person, we aren't able to protect you anymore because they pose a threat to the rest of the Order or something. Even though the Mm. entire Order is around, like, Arthur and Merlin. Right. But, yeah, I guess I see that. Like, if you choose her instead of choosing us, we don't, we can't necessarily make sure that you're safe because you're not choosing to make sure that you're safe and choosing to put your protection at, at, like, top priority. Yeah. Um, and not actually magic, but they shouldn't have mentioned magic. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) It just, it felt very weird. Uh, and then Evelyn runs away with no necklace and no protective spell. Into the middle of the woods, where we all know she's going to get found. Yeah, I mean, you have to be dumb. Like, I don't understand that. But at least she's resourceful and can build herself a shell. What the heck? <laughs> Maybe she went camping a lot with Zara. I don't know. Like, I would have liked some backstory there. Like, and her, her instincts from her camping trips with her family kicked in. Like, yeah. yay! <laughs> now it makes sense but this was just like and she put together the twigs and the moss kept her warm blah 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 and I was like I wouldn't know any of that and I grew up in the countryside <laughs> I would know maybe like to go sleep under a tree but that's about it <laughs> which my dad yeah. will never listen to this podcast but he would be disappointed if he heard that I oh I took her. survival lessons in Vermont and I don't remember a thing <laughs> That's why I'm like, where is she learning this stuff? That's true. It's a great question. <laughs> Who knows? I uh, And then we get the Demnati coming back where, of course, they can smell her. I wanted to check in with you. Is it better that they're not human talking about smell? Does that make it better for you? I guess. So it's it's still a weird it's like a kink at this point in the book. <laughs> it's it's yeah, I they're all dogs. 
even the like non-human people are dogs. Yep. That's weird. Yep. I prefer the dogs to the non-human people, though. They're just also like all of the crass language and like anti-woman language they were, that like, they use. Dark. <laughs> also, are they all men? I don't understand this. Like, does she just have an army of damned men? I mean, I guess that would make sense because women are the best. But like, yeah. still, <laughs> a woman would never choose this kind of lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, a woman would probably just go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> be like, okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think at least all the ones we meet are men. Yeah. Weird. But again, that is prevalent in our society that there are a lot of male criminals who commit violent acts against women that would probably be willing to come back to the yeah. earth and continue to violate women. So. Yay. Yep. Yay. Because that's what they're doing, right? Like, all the times we look at them in these chapters is they're, like, excited about hurting her. It's disgusting. Yeah. I hate reading it. 19? Well, I guess 20, technically. It's just, like, really dark, everything. Like, the themes in there. I don't know. That whole one (sighs) Domnatus kid guy who like oh it got a, d- a little detailed and i was like okay we don't oh really with like this the clothing like, it's stuff. not helping the plot yeah it doesn't further the plot at all that's what i think bothered me about it is just like have her be uncomfortable yeah but you don't have to like have him violating her with his eyes i know well the whole point is really to like give you an expository view into how depraved morgana is that this is what she chooses to surround herself with. But I feel like that's a cheap way of doing it. Like, you can find other ways. Oh, 100. You know? We don't need this. But that's what yeah. the intent was. And, you know, some people just go real dark real fast to prove a point rather than putting in the character work by introducing the villain more than 5% yeah. in the end of the book. Uh, and... And then we learn that the Order killed Ruth's mom. So now I don't remember, but I would like to know if Ruth knows that or not. I think that she said it was an accident the way she died, if I recall. Um, And it didn't make it sound like she was hiding something. I mean, maybe we'll find out later, but, like, to me it sounds like she doesn't know. And, like, that whole back over in 22 when she's like oh we should go talk to ruth like i feel like they're gonna drop the bomb on her like hey morgana die or killed your mom no Um, the order killed her mom oh the order killed her mom sorry i'm like there's too much killing going on right now (laughs) there's a lot of killing but like will she be willing to help the order get jared back knowing that they killed her mom oh well, she would probably help Evelyn. She wouldn't help the Order. So if she knew it was for Evelyn's safety. Um... Maybe. She's known. She's met Evelyn like a total of three times. Like that's a lot yeah, to protect but... someone that. <laughs> this is a YA book. You are basically best friends after you meet three times. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you, I mean, her and Felix were and he still violated her. So I'm just saying. I don't trust anybody in this book series anymore. (laughs) 
They're all shady. Yeah. I don't even trust Evelyn. The That's only, fair. The only one that I trust is is Colin and maybe Sally. Yeah. That's it. I trust Colin. I love but Colin. But they're not even, like, here right now. <laughs> I know. Okay. I also really need Evelyn to stop using the word penetrating. Like, I really just need it to stop. There has to be a translation thing here, because I just, like, wrote it off as a translation problem. It, okay, but I still need it to stop. <laughs> I don't. It is a, it's a weird kind of awkward timing for it. And Did we actually not know that the necklace kind of, like, protected Evelyn from people finding her before this? Yeah, I, I, I mean, we knew that it protected her, but I don't think that it was ever told to us about the concealment thing. Okay. So I already knew that the entire time, oh, I guess. So when I read it here, I... bring it up. I, so when I read it here, I'm like, why are they explaining this again? <laughs> I think I, for a while, just thought it was something like the order sign, like the ring that... The professor had like that kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like oh this is our the orders thing this is nimue sign like that kind of thing got it and like we knew that that there was something about it because a few chapters ago i think i don't remember who told us but merlin had like created it to like protect his heart or something mm-hmm. that was all we knew right okay that's fair um I really hate that Madison put Evelyn and Jared in so much danger. And I also hate how descriptive her death scene was. Like, couldn't they have just brought her out dead instead of, like, making us watch her death? I know. That seemed unnecessary. Just saying. It was very fast the way it happened too, which surprised me. I was expecting Morgana to like toy with it a little bit more, like, like if you don't kill her, then I'm gonna do this to you, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I that would have probably made for at least more interesting plot development, even if it would have been more, I don't know, disturbing to read. But even still, like the way that they wrote her death scene while quick and it was only like three sentences it was still just too much like i don't need descriptions of her veins turning black like that's it no i'm okay hard pass i'm a hard pass on most of the things that are descriptive in this chapter like i feel like most of the chapter is like super super quick exposition to just be like getting us to the point of where jared shows up and it doesn't actually do anything for the plot. And then the rest of the chapter is, like, way too much exposition of the parts I don't want any exposition of. Yeah. It's just, it's the wrong balance. Morgana's twisted. I can just say that about pretty much everything. Um, she, I don't also don't really think that, at least in this series, she's not a very compelling villain. Like, she's just too villainy to be compelling. It, it's a very cookie cutter villain. Um, yeah, it feels rushed in the same way that the chapters in here feel very rushed. Like we just got to get her out there. Like I don't have time to explain her. She's gonna do her thing. Like she gets it. no backstory. She's just evil incarnate, and we're just gonna make her as evil as possible. And yeah. it's just like not interesting. 
Um, and that's the same thing with, like, the description of what you were talking about with the Demnatus that's, like, way too into her. It's, like, it's not written well. It's very rushed. Like, we don't need all this additional darkness. Like, it's just too... Uh, it's too much. I am proud of Evelyn, again, for fighting back and killing one of them. Because, like, she clearly is growing and learning. But, like, I hate seeing her continuously put in these situations where, like, even as she gets better in her fighting skills, it's still, like, never enough. Like, it just feels like torture porn on Evelyn. And I'm tired of Evelyn getting tortured unnecessarily in this book. I agree. I do think the scene with the soul ripping out was actually really well written. Yeah. it It's also a lot, um, but I, I, I think I agree for the most part. It was just like a weird... Oh, it was really random. Yeah. Yeah, but like it felt... Not even, like, a bright spot, because that's not the right thing to say, but, like, it, it felt like it was the only piece that was, like, well-written and cohesive and, like, actually made sense. And, like, I felt what was going on, but I didn't feel, like, grossed out by it necessarily. I also, I mean, this is kind of, kind of pop culture, but I'll get into it a lot more probably when we go to pop culture, But this passage made me realize, like, I don't want to know what Voldemort had to do to create a horcrux. I'm glad we never went into that in Harry Potter. I also find it really interesting that our souls are kind of broken up, or at least in this body of work, our souls are broken up into different colors. And kind of having, like, these different colors and, like things represent the different innate parts of ourself like i thought that was a really interesting concept yeah i think that there's a more stuff written about that but i could be wrong about like you, your different souls have different colors and they each mean something different i had more pop culture i think because these chapters went so fast i actually have more pop culture references than i do like commentary on them mm. which is unusual i just like don't think i knew what to do with these chapters they were just so fast overwhelmed yeah i didn't have a ton of considering how much happened like i actually didn't have a ton of commentary most of my commentary is like jared what the hell are you doing you're being an idiot like if morgana gets you you're both gonna die what are you doing stop go home like, that's most of my comments. I was saying that Evelyn, you were saying how stupid Jared was, and I was oh, yeah. like, Evelyn's also being stupid. That's true. Evelyn is also being stupid. But at least she's, like, putting the bigger picture first. Like, she's trying to stop Jared from making a stupid mistake, even though she already made a stupid mistake by running out into the woods. But, uh... Well, all of this is her fault. Like, she's the one that ran out into the woods brought all of this on everyone else like i know okay early pop culture reference but this is like when harry was like i'm gonna like go give myself up to Voldemort to save everyone and everyone's like you are dumb but it worked i mean and well but the first time that he was gonna do it they all stopped him and then finally he was like okay i'm gonna do it and they were like okay and that time it worked so it's patience and evelyn does not have patience Evelyn does not have patience, that's true. Um, 
I, I really wish, so the first time, like, Morgana lets her be awake and, like, lets her open her eyes, and she, like, yells, she's like, Jared, don't do it, and so Morgana shuts her up, um, and I'm like, Evelyn, if you realize that you have control over your body, use that to your advantage when she doesn't realize what that, you're doing. That came out of absolutely nowhere. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Oh my god. And then I really just wanted Colin to, like, come in and stab Morgana with a sword. Like, I realized that would have killed Evelyn, but, like, I wanted to yeah, see that. Yeah, but, like... If Morgana is this big evil creature that they've all been fearing, I feel like, I mean, morally it would suck for Colin to kill both of them, but, like, they would then save, this is, like, the whole moral test, then they would save, mm-hmm. like, you know, thousands of other people or whatever. Yeah. Um, by finally just killing Morgana. Right. It's the trolley problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, Evelyn, if you got to die now, but... <laughs> Well, at least we're saving all these people. Oh, my God. Yeah, most of my comments is just Jared being dumb and my heart breaking because Colin's upset. And let's see. Is there anything else on my last page of comments? Um, oh, the, when sorry, this is chapter 22. But, like, when they're talking about the... Um, about Morgana, and they're like, well, she'll be better prepared this time than on her two failed attempts. I'm like, hi, you can't introduce this context on the last page of the book. What two previous attempts? What happened? What has the Order failed at? Like, what's going on? The the Order is just, like, it it is the Democratic Party. They Mm. mean well. But, like, they have so many problems inside. And lots of corruption. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) They don't talk about anything correctly. They don't get anything done correctly. They just do stuff and hope for the best. (laughs) And then I still don't know, A, how Ruth can help. Like, I really don't feel like Ruth can help. I was like, uh, is she, like, are we going to find out that she's magical herself? Maybe, like, she has some lineage or something? I doubt it. What? Maybe she's like Evelyn's secret Nimue cousin. I don't know. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> or the daughter of a I nymph like of Avalon. It would just be way too convenient for Ruth, like one of the first people that she meets, to also be like the key to unlocking this oath that Jared has taken. Right? And like like she just It's not so convenience, happened. it's sloppy plot building. Yeah. And it, like, just so happens that, like, oh, she knows all of this stuff about Morgana. Like, ah. She probably does. No. <laughs> I, I'm just not convinced that she's really going to want to help Jared. Yeah. That's what I struggle with. Like, she may want to help Evelyn, but that may not mean that she wants to help Jared. And since Evelyn wants to help Jared, she may just, like, tap out. Peace. But we won't know until we read the second book. Oh my god, what if Ruth agrees and then she finds out that the Order killed her mother and she gets revenge and turns on them all? <sighs> I would love that. I would read that. I think that would be a good book. Well, we'll have to read the second book to find out, won't we? Yes, indeed. Indeed. <sighs> um, okay, should we do pop culture references? Yes. 
Why don't All you right. start? Okay, I don't have a... I have one for chapter 19, um, which is interesting because my brain went to a different place than yours for the relic room, but it reminded me of um, the TV show The Order where they have this, like, vault where all of their, like, magical artifacts are stored and, like, locked away so that, like, thieves and the novices, like, can't get into them. Um, and that you only get to go in there a couple of times and it's, like, this really big deal where all of these fantastical things are locked and sealed away. But yours was the room of requirement, so. Yeah, well, it was that and, um, Mortal Instruments, their, their little display room, um, Mm that that but for some reason i think it was like the door opening and like it's like this unassuming door you wouldn't yeah. know what it is they go in and you find out it's like all of this historic stuff and like you have the registry in there like i don't know that's that's the vibe that i got yeah no that's so- ya in general i feel like loves to do this and when they have like secret societies or like fantasy there's always a hidden room with a yeah. bunch of stuff yeah storing things like even thinking about like sorcery of thorns for example how like some of the grimoires are like hidden in a special separate room that only certain people can access like it's such a trope (laughs) basically what this is saying is all authors and readers want is a hidden room in their house yeah that's behind a, a, a bookshelf kind of thing I would totally be into that. Oh my god, I would love a secret hidden bookshelf room. That'd be amazing. Yes, please. Um, Anything else for chapter 19? Yes. So, as you know, I love Among Us, the game. Yes. (laughs) And after extensive playtime, you will get into this, like, situation. The whole point of Among Us, just in case anyone doesn't know, is, like, you play and you have an imposter... And everyone else is trying to do tasks while the imposter is killing people. And you have to figure out who the imposter is before they kill off everyone. Or you finish all of your tasks as crewmates and you win. Um, Otherwise, if everyone dies, then the imposter wins. And you'll get into these situations. And, like, you can have multiple imposters. So we play, my group plays, like, ten people. And you have two people who are the imposters. And we get into these situations where we think that we know who the two imposters are and so we'll just like start calling emergency meetings and like vote people off because we think they're the imposter and by the end of the game we realize we haven't voted a single imposter off so you have just killed off everybody else except like one or two of the imposters and it reminds me so much of the order being like we're just gonna kill off everyone and then you like <laughs> realize like hold on morgana hasn't killed anyone the order has killed more people than morgana has who's the imposter here fair that is valid i just thought it was so funny because that's all i could think about was like oh god that's what i do with my group but like we play it as a game it's not like an actual thing of people being like right no one's actually getting murdered (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god so that's what i had (laughs) fair that's that's fair what about chapter 20 uh, I feel like we brought this up, maybe it was in a different context, though, uh, Snatchers. The Dominatus, like, mm. really felt like Snatchers here. Yeah. I feel like they had this in a different context, though. Um, but, like, the way that they were scouting and, like, looking for them and, like, all of that whole scene of, like, being surrounded and stuff. I mean, obviously, they get away from the Snatchers 
for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still get taken to Malfoy Manor, so. They do, yeah. Um, and for context, if you don't know what a snatcher is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're these people that were paid by dark wizards in the seventh Harry Potter book to catch muggles and muggle-borns trying to flee. And they were chasing after Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And they have to transfigure themselves so the snatchers don't know what they look like fortunately evelyn doesn't have magic so she can't do that and they realize that it's her yeah um and then with the whole like morgana like and this is i think where i was getting lost with the eowyn thing but like the whole description of morgana um i was getting such like narcissa meets anastasia the the um cartoon version Rasputin vibe <laughs> like like just like molded together and that's Morgana in my mind like oh my god like, like regal like dark kind of figure who like seems like very like haughty but then like has all these minions and is like clearly like very like ugh, you know like sends you chills like as a real like villain kind of like mm-hmm. that's what i was getting um interesting combo please don't ever photoshop that <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> uh and then my last one for this was also uh it oh my god it's been years but vampire academy i think they call it persuasion mm. um that whole magic of like getting people to do stuff i don't know like because that plays such a big role in vampire academy so that's immediately just where my thought line went to i mean i also just watched spirited away and um yubaba also does a kind of persuasion magic but well that's the same with the vampires in vampire diaries they have their compulsion that's true yep so basically vampire academy 2 is compulsion (laughs) yeah so vampires and compulsion yay so Morgana's a vampire. Cool. <laughs> wow. So she is a Rasputin Narcissa vampire. Yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I was picturing very different things. <laughs> In my pop culture references, well, so okay, first off, uh, we kind of already mentioned this, but like tripping while running from lethal superhuman beings is such a Bella Swan move. <laughs> It really is. Like, god damn it. I really yeah. hoped we were going to be away from Twilight, but we're not. We're still there. It's still relevant. I mean, it's, she did write this in German, right? Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> we know your secret. <laughs> I mean, this book is just as white as Twilight, so that would yep. make sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I will be posting a TikTok. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, my TikTok will already be up about Midnight Sun and how bad it is. <laughs> that I still love it because I love YA, but it's like not a good book. Um, anyways, I also, I feel like the general description of Morgana felt very like apt for the legends. Like it felt like it was supposed how she was supposed to be described based on, like, what I remember reading about her mm. from Arthurian legends. Um, and even though, like, I know Katie McGrath doesn't look like how they described her, I can't not picture Katie McGrath. It's so hard. 
Yeah, I can't not do it. I just was picturing Katie McGrath, like, without her green eyes. So, like, give Katie McGrath, like, brown eyes, and that's Morgana. Aww. (laughs) It's just, I can't picture anything else. I mean, Katie McGrath is, like, so sweet. But she did have a really, like, intense stare that I could kind of equate with this Morgana, even though it was because her eyes were so, like, striking rather than, like, black. Um, yeah. But well, she still. has a very, like, Morgana-ish face. Where it's, she like, does. That pale, just dark yeah. hair. Yeah, I agree. Um, the description also kind of... So I would say if you could combine Yennefer from The Witcher... The game in the books, not necessarily the TV show, but the game in the books with Katie McGrath, like, that would be my Morgana that I was picking up vibes from here. Yeah, you saw very that, like, different long... from mine. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you saw that, like, long, dark hair, and then Yennefer's a sorceress, um, and she's, like, very intense, like, very aggressive when she doesn't like somebody, but she can be really nice if she puts her mind to it. So, like, I could see that like combination being this iteration um i also just kind of wanted to talk about merlin morgana for a little bit since we haven't brought up merlin in a while like katie mcgrath's morgana is nowhere even close to the levels of depravity that this morgana is yeah and i don't think i'm misremembering that series like she gets bad but not this bad well She basically just strings Merlin up at a couple points. I mean, not as Merlin, but as Arthur's uh, assistant servant. (laughs) Um, And doesn't do anything to him. Like, he's just strung up in her hut. Like, this Morgana would probably be, like, like, stringing up Merlin's assistant as, like, you know, just for fun and then killing him. Right. Yeah, she had completely different goals and aims, and I kind of prefer kind of what we were talking about with, like, the compelling victim narrative. Like, I just much prefer the Merlin Morgana because there's more compelling character development there that you don't necessarily root for her, but, like, you can empathize and understand where she's coming from and how she got to the place that she did, whereas this is just lazy. But it's fine. Um... I also think the way that they describe her, not from a looks perspective, but just, like, the going into, like, her being evil incarnate and just, like, her mannerisms really reminded me of Emperor Palpatine (laughs) in Star Wars. Because, like, she starts out seeming, like, really nice at the very beginning of meeting her, and then over time, like... I mean, granted, it's a very fast time in, in this chapter, but, like, over time it reveals, like, how deep her depravity is. And I feel like the Star Wars series kind of did the same thing, albeit in a much better way, with Palpatine's character that, like, he just seemed to, like, really care about the stuff that was going on around him in the Senate and then, like, wanting to do the right thing and, like, help everyone. And then you realize that he was really just, like, wanting to control the Sith and, like, kill everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Which including his own children, which, like, made him a much less compelling villain. (laughs) Because he's just too evil. Like, there's nothing interesting about someone that evil. Um, 
so yeah, that's it felt very Palpatine-y to me, especially Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker, where he's just like a lunatic. And then, oh, the cutting open of the forearm for the ritual thing very much felt like when they cut open Harry's forearm to bring Voldemort back in Goblet of Fire. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm very ritualistic there. And then all of the descriptions with, like, the pentagrams and, like, the pain that Evelyn was feeling reminded me of the scene from the Witcher TV series where Yennefer's getting her, like, makeover and they don't give her the painkillers. So where they, they, like, tear out her uterus and then, like... Uh, that just it it's obviously a very different kind of ritual but it the feeling felt similar to me um and then the the losing her soul and like the description of it definitely felt like a dementor's kiss like we were finally getting a description of what it felt like to get the dementor's kiss and to like be that husk um but also with all of the colors, I just kept thinking about Inside Out and then like joy and sadness, like getting pulled uh, out of Evelyn. Like not a good connection. <laughs> yeah, it made me really sad. Oh God, I don't know. That's just the only time I've thought about like parts of us on the inside being like color coded and like. I love that movie. It was very impactful. <laughs> mental health uh yep that's that's what i've got for chapter 20 um okay (laughs) wait i have a a, didn't in game of thrones um in the tv series i don't think that happens in the books yet okay or i don't remember reading it um uh god what's his name I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Gendry. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he, in the TV series, um, ha- he got, like, seduced by, what's her name? The red, the red, um, lady. Oh, Melisandre? On names. Yes. Um, he got seduced by her, and then he, she, like, made a bunch of cuts so that he would bleed into something and like begin this whole transformation thing like that reminds me a bit of that whole process too kind of exactly i should rewatch this but <laughs> you don't remember the context in which that happened no it was yeah. something about like making him immortal like what's his name immortal or something no Oh my god! I'm, I'm gonna look this up. I'll sure. find it. I'll find it. I'll find it later. I, it's been a long time since I watched that part of the series. No, I think they needed it to make Stannis's shadow baby that killed. That was it. Yeah, Renly. You're right, you're right, you're right, because right. because Gendry was still the son of King Robert, so they needed King's blood mm-hmm. to do the shadow baby to murder the other king. That's right. How? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I should be watching. That does that. happen. That Ooh. does happen in the book, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Young adult podcast. How many times can we talk about people yeah. getting mutilated? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I mean, most of the people listening to this are over the age of 21, but we hope. <laughs> um, anything else for chapter 20? Maybe we should put a disclaimer. Um, not for chapter 20, no. Okay. Chapter... 21 
with Evelyn, like, fighting Morgana and, like, trying to yell at Jared and, like, resist Morgana's influence, it really felt like when Harry was learning the Imperious Curse and was, like, trying to resist the Imperious Curse being, like, placed on him and how he kept falling over. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because he'd stopped jumping halfway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. It just really reminded me of that. Anyways. (laughs) That's all I have for chapter 21. I was, um... I, I have it in here, but it's talking about this whole soul-bound, like, death things. Like, when you're like, oh, like, if you kill me, you're gonna kill her, too. Like, I feel like that's a real trope in YA nowadays. And I cannot, for the life of me, think of where I have read that, but I know that I have read it. Like, if for some reason, I feel like it comes up in the Moral Instruments, but I don't remember why I think that, and I don't remember who I think it happened to. Um, But, like, not quite the same vein, but in Howl's Moving Castle, you have, like, Howl and Cal- Calcifer in a much lighter relationship mm, in that mm-hmm. sense. Because, like, Calcifer clearly, like, is annoyed by it, but isn't, like, oh, this is, like, the death of me kind of thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm really, I, I'll, I'll try and look some more up later, but I really feel like it's, like, something I've read a lot. Like, it's no, an it's... easy out kind of thing for a plot. It's definitely a thing... Um, I mean, kind of happens similar to Howl and Calcifer, like, that's also in Sorcery of Thorns with the demons being bound to, um, their sorcerers, and you also have that in His Dark Materials with, like, the daemons, um, Mm. so lots of, lots of soul connections that happen, I think, in young adult literature i was literally just thinking in the order the tv show too they do something like that that's like a very specific spell that they cast where um when they're trying to like parlay between two different magic groups because there's different ones um they cast a spell to like bind two people together so that way when they're switching spots you know that they won't get hurt otherwise they'll be oh yeah yeah in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> I like in Harry Potter with um, Draco and, and uh, Severus. I almost said Sirius. Are you talking Draco. about the Unforgivable Curse? Yeah. Or not the Unfor- the the um, Unbreakable Vow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, that too. Yeah. Now There's they're lots coming. of it. Now, now they're coming There's to me. so like, many, like, binding of yeah people to each other it's like such a weird magic thing that happens everywhere oh and like and and the merle instruments with um you you bind yourself to oh god what did they call it in there it's also some sort of latin wannabe word um (laughs) don't they do that when they have to go into the crypts to like meet with the faceless guys or that too but on like a higher level there's jace and oh the parapetai yeah, 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 yeah. Why did I remember that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm really proud you did because I was not going to remember that no matter how hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and, um, oh my god. Dragon Republic, the twins. 
Um, oh my god, that's right. Well, yeah. Were they born that way, or did they they like? No, they w- underwent them. a ritual. Oh. Chagan really? and Kara. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so all of our <laughs> stories really are like people actively making a choice. <laughs> Which is, friendly well, reminder, that, consent always matters. <laughs> that's why I put down Howell and Calcifer, because technically Calcifer didn't have a choice. Um, that's true. But it wasn't, it's not like Howell is on the level of Morgana by any measure. <laughs> that's accurate. Well, and that's same with, like, Sorcery of Thorns. Like, the demons kind of have a choice, but it's like a negotiation where they talk about, like, how much of their life they're going to give up to the demon. Um... So the, they could always walk away from the negotiation and go back to the demon realm, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Again, this is really depressing. <laughs> yep. Just mutilation and binding our souls to one another. Great topics for middle of November when it's constantly dark outside. Love it. Yep. Great. Any other uh, pop culture references from you, Julia? I was, like, very late this week, weirdly enough. Um, I think that was it. I had nothing for 22. I mean, 22 was not even a chapter. Again, That was useless. a paragraph. Yeah. Very unnecessary. I think it's funny that our whole podcast is about unnecessary angst, but we also apparently call out unnecessary chapters. Yeah. <laughs> of which this book We're has had two. We're the chapter police. Yes, we are. Um, like, the prologue and chapter 22 are completely unnecessary. All of Jared's angst in these chapters, unnecessary. He should have just stayed home. Yep. Because he made stupid decisions. But now we get a sequel, so, like, yay for Jared's stupid decisions, I guess. We wouldn't have had a sequel if Evelyn got killed. And Evelyn is so melodramatic. The only person's angst who isn't unnecessary is Collins because he's a cutie pie and I feel so bad for him that his best friend is gone. Yeah. But everyone else can suck it. And he can't even talk to Sally about it, which sucks. I know. Hopefully they tell her in the second book so that they're not, like, alone. I mean, yes, but I'm also like, don't tell her. Like, do not bring her into this. You know? I feel like Morgana could get to her anyways, though. Like, I don't actually know at this point if, like, staying away from her is going to be the smart choice. Like, does it make more sense to actually bring her into the Order and bring her under protection? Yeah, but would it make sense for Morgana to go after her? Because it's not like she has a whole lot to do with any of it. No, but... Similar to how she went after Evelyn to get at Jared. What if she wants to get at Colin for some reason? Just knock out all of the bloodlines. Yeah. What's the best way to get at Colin? True. Just saying. I don't yeah. actually remember. I don't think any of that is in book two, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I also hate when people get left in the dark. As as a Ravenclaw, it hurts when people are, like, not given the knowledge that they probably I mean, want. I do too, but I also don't want them recklessly bringing people into it. Like, just, just like, keep, keep them safe sometimes. Unless, well, like, they're directly impacted by it, like Evelyn was, then, yeah, it's so annoying. Well, maybe there's a way to, like, keep Sally safe without bringing her into the loop. Like, set Gareth on her or something so that there's always eyes on her. <laughs> Imagine Gareth coming up to her and being like, hi, I want to be your friend. 
This like thirty nine year old man. I don't actually know how old he is. That's just what I assume. I, that's the, yeah. That's what I'm assuming too. Oh my god. I mean, she did. I think that she said he he was like older. Like, well, he know. was an ex cop, right? Yeah, exactly. So, unless he was just a really good cop and they got him really young. <laughs> 12 year old little police <laughs> that's not a good idea don't give a 12 year old a gun it's never no don't well actually God. to be fair it's in the uk they don't have guns a 12 year old can only do so much harm with a nightstick i hope anyways um julia who is your who's your mvp this week God, I, none of them. <laughs> is that an answer? Uh, I'm going to say Sally because she was minding her own damn business. <laughs> and I feel like she, I know she wasn't mentioned like at all except for in, the, in 19 at the beginning. But like she is probably worried sick right now. Like I would be worried sick if I wasn't hearing from my, my best friend and like my best friend who just got into a relationship with this guy. Like. To me, that seems kind of shady from Sally's perspective. Like, so she gets into a relationship and suddenly, like, I'm never seeing her again. That's mm-hmm. weird. Like, I would be kind of worried. So I'm Same. making an assumption that Sally is worried, but that would be why she would be my MVP. That is fair. That is totally fair. I want to say um, that my MVP... Is Colin. (laughs) Because he fights alongside his best friend, is, like, willing to do what it takes to save everyone, and also is the reason that Evelyn was able to fight back because he trained her really well. Um, And she fought off multiple Dimnati. So, like, I'm actually pretty proud of her because I would have been overcome and just dead uh, in her shoes. So... For that reason, I'm going to say Colin also because I feel so bad for him that his best friend is getting kidnapped and he's all alone in the world. Yeah. Um, And also just because he was telling Jared the truth that, like, Karen was being honest with him about everything and was always open and upfront and trying to do the right thing. Good pick. Yep. And, uh, all right, let's get your wine review. Huh, okay, so these were some like dark and action packed chapters. Yeah. So I would give this about a I would say that this these chapters are kind of a red vermouth. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I worked in the wine industry, I promise. I still don't know how to say it correctly. <laughs> um, I think it would be vermouth. Uh but like any kind of fortified wine where mm. it's like super dark very alcoholic because that's the only thing that's going to get you through these chapters there's a whole lot of intense flavors happening but like you enjoy it and like by the end of it you are very drunk after only a few glasses a few glasses a couple glasses (laughs) and it's it's probably like you know an eight out of ten you're getting to the action you're like getting there i mean is it fast yeah is it dark yeah is it intense yeah but yeah a very a very good red vermouth that's all right i support that um i think that's a very good good summation of it for the 
other wine corner talking about how much these characters have whined in these chapters i i'm actually gonna give it a very low rating i don't think that there's a lot too much of like unnecessary whining i think jared is pretty much even though he's very angsty in these chapters he's very much to the point with his angst like it's very like targeted with he's clearly upset but he's going to do what needs to get done and he's not gonna get like too butthurt about it with the exception of when he first learned what was going on with the guy that killed zara um but i felt that was like justified angst i don't think that that was super unnecessary i could understand why he was upset on evelyn's behalf and evelyn does whine a bit just because she yells at jared about a bunch of stuff and also the whole running into the woods thing was just really unnecessary oh my god um but compared to other chapters like she wasn't being self-deprecating she wasn't hating on herself she was like justified in feeling most of her emotions even if her reactions weren't the best so i'm gonna give this a four out of ten when it comes to like wine levels in in these (laughs) chapters i agree with your overall rating of the chapters though okay But for the wine level, that's a pretty good score. Right. So that's the good, like, that's the thing to know about my scoring is the lower, the better. <laughs> Mine is the higher, the better. Yes. Well, yeah. Let's make this yeah. really confusing for people. Yes. 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 <laughs> Just to make sure that they're, you know, awake while they're listening. I'm drinking. No one's probably hopefully. listening to this to the end. <laughs> Very unlikely. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, that's that's the end of The Concealed. We'll be obviously, like I said, doing a recap um, next week where we get into a little bit more details of how we felt about the overall book and just kind of our general thoughts on the characters and, and all of that stuff. Um, but until then, I um, hope everyone's excited to start thinking about our next book, um, which... We can probably officially announce now at this point, because this is going to have been over all of our social media channels, which none of you probably see, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, We're going to be reading The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, which Julia will now be the subject matter expert on um, this book, because I know absolutely nothing about it. Um, So I'm very excited to learn more about this new book and this new series that we'll be cracking into Um, and very excited to talk about it with all of you guys on our social media and over email. So with that, uh, if you aren't following us on social media, you should be. Um, You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at at UnnecessaryAngstPod, on Twitter at at UnnecessaryAngstPod angst pod u-n-a-n-g-s-t-p-o-d you can also send us emails to talk about you know anything that floats your fancy with the books that we're reading book recommendations or things you'd like to see us read requests for book suggestions which i'm always more than willing to give or just to chat like we're around i'm happy to chat um and that's going to be unnecessary angstpod at gmail.com And also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, um, feel free to leave us a review and subscribe so we know that you're listening and around. (laughs) We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Anything to add, Julia? 
No, I'm excited for the next book. This is an excellent book. Very good choice for our first book. I think it was a good read. I'm excited to continue reading it. <laughs> um, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, and guys. for sticking around for this long. <laughs> we will talk to all of you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening.